0: Welcome back to podcast 24 of 2023. I'm your host, Kiev O'Neill. You can follow me on Twitter at OBKiev. Follow us at the Osbreakers. Follow us on social media slash the Osbreakers. This episode is being brought to you by Shot Quality Bets. For 30% off shot quality bets, please visit Quality and use the promo code ODDS23. Get a new perspective in betting the rest of the NCAA tournament. If you can support the OddsBreakers and benefit from our premium plays, please visit the OddsBreakers and click shop to become a member. Pick any of our winning cappers to get their premium plays before the line moves. You can also support us on patreon.com. If nothing else, please visit the OddsBreakers and become a free picks and Telegram subscriber. My friends, the madness continues into the Sweet 16. And we have a wonderful show for you today because Eric Haslam, the founder of Haslametrics, is coming on to break down these eight games. Can't wait for Eric. And I also can't wait... For baseball season, that's right around the corner. 10 days until opening day. And guess what? We got you covered at the Odds Breakers. We have our baseball packages up for premium baseball plays daily. As long as there's value, right? I'm not going to make a play if there's no value on a certain day. But <laughs> plenty of plays will happen in all these games per week. And we have some of the best baseball cappers out there at oddsbreakers.com. Remember, if you become a member by the end of this month, you still get the free polo from oddsbreakers.com. Also, if you are unsure of any of us or becoming a member, we have a try one month free promotion going on right now. If you want to try a monthly subscription to any membership, $200 or under, please use the promo code OBFREE. That's O, B as in boy, free to get one month free of any of our cappers under 200 bucks to test them out to make sure you're going to get a good return on your investment. So we are offering that. And if you have any questions about those memberships, feel free to email us at info at theoddsbreakers.com. I also want to give you a little update on our schedule starting next week. It's just going to be one podcast a week. Once in a while, we'll have a week off, but we usually announce that we're gonna be focused on the NFL and the NFL draft after this week of March Madness. We'll still go over the final four in the final game, of course, but the focus switches to baseball as well as back to football for myself and a little bit of the NBA playoffs for myself as well. So the focus switches. I have made plenty of money in the NFL draft over the years. It is literally the easiest money around in my opinion being that you can get ahead of the information that the sports books are getting if you follow the right people and follow the right team so that's what i am focusing on maybe you can use your free month to try out betting the nfl draft all right without further ado let's get into this sweet 16 with our wonderful guest mr eric haslam now I'm very excited to welcome back an analytics and bracket specialist to the Ozbreakers and Mr. Eric Haslam from Haslammetrics.com. You can follow him on Twitter at HaslamMetrics. Well, here we are, man. Sweet 16. I just had you on a couple weeks ago, but man, yep. I have this stupid hat on because, uh, you know, it, the Badgers won and I couldn't find my cap. I'm like, wow, we're actually doing something in an NIT here. I, I go from extremely angry at this team to like, okay, I'm a little intrigued now, you know?
1: Three in a row. Hey, we're 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 two games away from being number sixty-nine in the country, you know. <laughs> <laughs> who could be who wants to be number one when we can be number sixty-nine? Come on.
0: Who, who wants to play in this tournament when you get when you can right. win this
1: one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> So, no, like, all of a sudden, I was just saying, uh, some of these uh, some of these games, you know, we could have used them during the regular season, and just, eh, yeah. I guess they had to save them for the second-level tournament. That's what. Okay. Well, the close
0: losses, my friend. You know, all of a sudden, Crowell's yeah. playing out of his mind one game. He had a bad game now, but Chucky shot good and shot, shot the winning three, really, that, you know, put, put them in foul city. And uh, yeah. it's like, where was those misses when it was Rutgers, when it was right. Purdue, when it was Cl- like the big games, clutch, 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 but yeah. maybe the pressure's off or something. I don't know. It's hard to super hard to figure out but this transfer portal's got over 600 kids in it right now and I, and I have to think that Wisconsin's got to look for something here man I would think um I
1: don't I, I know that probably guard wants to build from within but I mean we've seen it in the past they brought in Klesmit after last season we brought in McGee from Green Bay um so they'll dip their toe in there I'm sure I think you have to do that to succeed in college basketball nowadays I, I'm I'm assuming he probably will. I don't know what kind of players he's going to target, but um, you know, very uh uplifting end of the season for the Badgers so far.
0: Yeah, very uplifting, I guess. After a big disappointment, here we are. We're like the Detroit Lions against the Packers, the very final game. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I, the Lions fans that now think they're winning the Super Bowl next year, thanks Mm. to that. So just like, all right. I I had one, one, uh, fixing my internet over here, and he says, Lions, this. I'm like, oh my God. You know, so, (laughs) so, so, all my sports stuff. So I was just like, please, (laughs) please, please. But here we are, my man. We have the Sweet 16. Uh, I have to ask you, how's your bracket doing? Um, mine's needs a little love, but I have a shot. Well, my bracket. So
1: I, there's always like the people asking, say, do you go strictly off your picks on your website? And I say, well, I I I put one through just to see what it ends up looking like. But then I pick one myself, and that one I typically don't do very well because I get pretty aggressive with my picks. Um, I had Arizona in the final. That was uh, that was kind of the the the. the gut punch for me. I still have UConn. That's the funny thing. Um, I'm in a buddy's pool. It's not a big pool. We're only talking like 40 people, but um, I'm the only one in there with UConn winning the whole thing. I'm kind of torn because per um, Eli Hershkovitz, I talked to him and he kind of sold me on making a final four wager for Arkansas. And I did make a final four wager for Arkansas, but now I've got my bracket of integrity winner, going against my final four wager. And I'm like, I don't know which way to lean on that one. So,
0: well, well not sure. I mean, they got the job done against Kansas. I almost thought that Kansas kind of gave that away a little bit. Um, Arkansas has just been very Jekyll and Hyde. Many teams have been. Look at Tennessee. I mean, but they've got the talent to do it, uh, even without Brazil. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now they're still in a very tough bracket. Cause you still got two and three there. You still got Gonzaga yeah. and you still got UCLA, you know, it's almost like too bad. Arkansas wasn't in the East, you know, facing teams like Kansas yeah. state, uh, Michigan state. Uh, of course uh, the craziness with uh, Tennessee Duke game, a uh, lot of elbows that game and FAU. And, and so that would have been, that would have suited them better, but Hey, here we are, and uh, maybe they can do it. Now I picked the Zags to win it all, Eric. I, uh, it's funny, you know, you, you and I think I kind of thought of that when you said, "Watch me not pick them this year, and they do it all." Mm-hmm. When you had, when I was at, when we were talking in the last show, and I was like, yeah. "You know what?" I'm like, "This bracket's tough, and somebody's going to come out, and maybe it's just enough for them to play the best teams of the best to kind of get into this final four and make some noise and I think the Zags are playing their best basketball right now. Um, And so I can't wait to get into that game. We'll see if I change my mind on that one. But unfortunately, I had Duke against them. So uh, I have three. Yeah, yeah. I have three. I have Alabama. I have Texas. And I have Gonzaga left. But Duke, I had the final game. But so many, so few people picked Zaga that I I, I have a better shot than most people because the Purdue-Kansas losses really screwed them up. Yeah, my Final Four,
1: um, I still have Connecticut. I still have Texas. They're still alive. Arizona, obviously, is out. And then the one I picked wrong, um, I always try to pick that team who is like Arkansas. I probably should have gone Arkansas, but they're playing Connecticut, so it's kind of a push there. But um, I try to pick a team that had a lot of of preseason ability that probably didn't meet those expectations throughout the season, and I just kind of fell back on Kentucky, and Kentucky just did not deliver Um, They can talk to
0: you, man. (laughs)
1: They did. Um, You know, I just – I kind of figured with that one out with uh, um, Shibway in the middle and the guard play and the, the, you know, potential um, NBA players, the five-star freshmen, I thought that they could bring it all together and make a Final Four run. I leaned towards Kentucky over Arkansas. It it turns out I may have picked – incorrectly on that one that's uh, all
0: right well you know what I, I think tucky should have won that game based upon matchups uh yeah. kentucky had a much better near proximity matchups than they did you know it's like they couldn't stop Tashibwe or toppen toppen falls out at the end but it's almost like then they're just throwing up these stupid threes it's like keep yeah. feeding your big man calipari you know yeah. i mean they can't stop that now you wonder if izzo is going to uh, make that adjustment. And I guess we're going to find out getting into some of these games here in a second. But mm-hmm. um, that's the big question. Let's start right out then with the Thursday games. Michigan State versus Kansas State. Kansas State's a plus two dog. The total is at 137.5. Now, here's the thing. It's weird to see. Well, it's not weird to see, I guess, steam coming a little on Michigan State because a lot of trends say, okay, the the higher seed is the, is the favorite. And the money's coming in on them. You bet them, you know, if you just want to look at, like, a lot of trends betting. But the truth is, is that every efficiency site out there, Eric, including, I believe, your own, has Kansas State as the better team. So it's like, what's going to win out here, the matchups or K-State? I'm going to get your thoughts, and I'm going to give you a couple quick ones on mine.
1: Yeah, I think it's actually going to be the closest game that I have. I actually do lean Michigan State. I think I, I've Michigan State by only twenty six hundredths of a point on a neutral court, so it's about even in that situation. But when you look at the, uh, you know, I kind of understand with Michigan State, it's it's a, a team that seems to have gotten their act together, and I mean, people rely on Izzo. There's certain people who are snake bit, and then there's the opposite snake bit, and that's what Tom Izzo is in the month of March. And it, it, when you look at what his team is. From top to bottom, you're talking about oh you know, the uh, the upperclassmen there, the experience that really a lot of people crave in March if you want to be successful in the NCAA tournament. You're talking down going down the list, Tyson Walker senior, AJ Hogarth's a junior, Hall's a senior, Hauser's a senior, Sosoko's a junior. So you got that experience um out there, and I think that really bodes well for them, and that's why. I'm not surprised to see the money coming in more on Michigan state. I am a little surprised a little bit to see that Michigan state from the analytical standpoint is actually a slight favorite. Um, but you know, for whatever reason, Kansas state has just not been that team that has impressed the analytics, even though, I mean, when you look at their backward, when you look at Johnson, you look at Noel, um, that is the kind of one to punch that yeah seems a little Baylor esque, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I I love great backcourts. And I think I'm, I'm thinking along the lines of like Miami, Miami is another team that has great, a great backcourt. Um, maybe this is that team that I'm kind of looking forward to say, I'm looking for that, that alpha or a couple alphas that could take you to the final four, maybe Kansas state is it. And to be honest, Noel and Johnson, especially Noel, the way they're playing right now, they could definitely do it.
0: Marquise Noel is shooting amazing threes right now. And that was yeah. part of the win that they got against, um, uh, Michigan State. Now, everything you said there makes total sense with some of these great players. Joey Hauser's been in the league, I feel like forever now. Uh, you know, we got Malik Hall there that's been there for a long time. Uh Hogard, like you said, you got those two tall guys. Uh, there's a couple other ones that don't get as much, Cooper and uh, Sissoko, and there's a few others that don't get as much playing time, but Kansas State's kind of you know, that's where they get beat. When I did pull up the Hasla metrics, you see. That their near proximity here only ranks 139th on defense, and that's why I thought they should have got beaten by Kentucky. Possibly, even though I took the, I, I, I mean, I, it got oversteamed, so I did take Kansas State plus three and a half or four or whatever it was. But now you're looking at close to a pick'em here. Now, one thing I will point out a, a, about Michigan State here, buddy, is that they play they played poorly against faster paced teams. You know, mm. so you know between did and should some of these line up. The Iowa, what's funny, this was a ten point. Crazy loss, though, so you can almost throw that out. But Ohio State in the Big Ten tournament, Ohio State was just kind of the speedier team, right? Um, yeah. Michigan, Michigan, they're, they're the faster-playing team here. Now, that's there's only a few teams that play fast in the Big Ten, but Illinois yeah. is the other one, really. And Illinois uh, also beat them by nine points. And Kansas State's a very fast-paced team. You wonder if they kind of run them out of breath a little bit. And that's where I kind of lo- um, look to lean. Uh, at Kansas State, but man, there's a couple ways that uh, Izzo can win this game, and that's inside. Let's see if he's smart enough to do it.
1: Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see tempo. Michigan State 299th in game pace. Kansas State is 44th. It's been a common criticism of Big Ten teams. Warranted or not, that's up for debate, but it's along the lines of people saying they're just not as athletic in the Big Ten. Well, Izzo if there's going to be anybody who can manipulate that situation and say hey I'm playing a team against a team who is more athletic than me it's going to be Izzo is going to be able to pull it off in March I've a lot of people don't like Izzo I'm an old school guy I respect Izzo I'm a guy who was always driven by people who sometimes had negative reinforcement that's the kind of thing that dri- you know drove me as a player um, so I'm a big fan of Izzo and in, in in March and you know I just Great opportunity here. I think they can definitely take
0: down Kansas State, and there's a reason why they're favored. All right, let's move on to Arkansas versus UConn. Plus three and a half is what Arkansas is. UConn's favored by minus three and a half, and the total yeah. is uh, 140. Now, what's f- interesting about this? You got the Arkansas future, but Poor Haslametrics has this a little bit more of a game than that, or less of a game. Yeah, less a five point four point nine eight is where your spread is. You know, oh, so, oh it's actually. No, it's actually more than that. I think oh, it's sorry, set, seven, I, yeah. seven point or six yeah, point. on it. Right. Yep. Thank you for yep. correcting me. That's right. You do have it 75.18 to 68.2. So, yeah. I, and here's the weird thing. I, I didn't bet this game, but I think there is a reason why this thing's not getting down to three. And I think it's just because UConn can put the hammer down and they've put the hammer down when they felt like it. Now, I don't know how they screwed me in the first half for St. Mary's because mm. I lost that by half a point. Then they, you know, I think St. Mary's did get a little injured, too. But, you know, UConn has just been looking the part the whole year. They're also one of those teams that failed in the clutch many times in the tournament. But here we are. I almost think that minus three and a half is the right side because it's not getting down to three. But I also think that this is one hell of a parlay piece. If you can find a dance partner for uh, UConn, you know, you're, you're laying on my, minus 180, minus 170 in a few books you know you can team them up with some, let's just say uh Houston or Tennessee you know if you want to go with Tennessee of course but there's yeah. plenty of options for that your thoughts
1: yeah this is this is that game i talked about that i'm kind of torn because i've got a uh, i've got a future on on arkansas to go to the final four but in my bracket <laughs> of integrity i have U- uh, UConn winning the whole thing um, it's interesting that this is probably going to be the biggest difference between the Vegas spread and and what the analytics have. I have UConn by seven, Vegas by three and a half. Um, I'm guessing it's probably because what we talked about before, about how in the, in the postseason there's just certain teams out there that have a higher ceiling, and just for whatever reason, they can't reach it. It seemed like Musselman's team, it kind of turned the corner, was heading for a five or a six seed, and then all of a sudden the bottom kind of, fell out again. And for them to land on the eight line is, I mean, if you had told me that back in December, I would have said no chance, no chance. This is a, this is a three seed. This is a four seed on paper. This is what they can do. Um, for whatever reason, they just cannot reach their potential. Um, so now are they finally playing up to that potential? A lot of Arkansas fans think so. Um, keep in mind though, with Connecticut, as I said before the tournament, What I like to see out of a potential champion is someone who's top 10 in offensive efficiency, top 35 in defensive efficiency. There were three teams that had that coming in. Purdue is one. They're gone. The other two were UConn and Houston. They're both still alive. There actually was a third. If you extend it to 36th in defensive efficiency, it was Arizona was also in there, but now they're gone as well. So. I kind of look at Bama this,
0: wasn't there. I thought Bama, Bama was wasn't
1: there. no Bama's like four was fourteenth or fifteenth in offensive efficiency. Top okay, ten, a okay. uh, top five team in defense, definitely, but they were not top ten in offensive efficiency. They kind of had their. They looked top ten in offensive efficiency every time they played in Tuscaloosa, but yeah, occasionally yeah. they had to leave Tuscaloosa, and that's the reason why they weren't top ten. Makes but sense. so it's kind of interesting that um, I'm kind of hedging now looking at Arkansas and thinking, like, if I could do this over again, whichever obvi- obviously everybody would like to, I would try to replace, you know, Kentucky with Arkansas, maybe take uh, UConn out of the final four and say, I'm going to go with Houston in the final four instead. They're going to be the team that right now that I target that says, looking top 10 offensive efficiency top 35 defensive efficiency i like houston now going to the final four more than i do uconn just because or UConn you can has to play both, of
0: course and that's a, <laughs> and that's what hedging is is it yeah. 40 to 1 do you have 40 to 1 uh it's more than that <laughs> I, I don't well, know that, well, well then run. you you have there's plenty of meat on the bone here yeah you know, oh yeah uh, now it's still unfortunate that Arkansas is going to be a dog here on out, so you're going to be laying massive juice to cover. You can't start doing it yet. Maybe next week again if they get past this. But you know, Houston, you know, you can always do a money line rollover on them too, and just you know, bet money line and roll over the profit with the uh, with the original bet. And then sometimes you get a nice big payout if you do that if you think uh, they're possibly one of the teams. It, but um, it's, not, it's,
1: it's not as good as 41 to one though. And that's uh, I no, 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 it's, it's not. not. No, it's not. Yeah, it's not. For, it's, it's, not cer- as as it's
0: certainly it's certainly not. But it's yeah. hard to hedge it this early in the Sweet Sixteen without sacrificing too much bone uh, meat on the bone. Uh, yeah. Tennessee versus Ford Atlantic. Uh, Tennessee's minus five and a half. The total is one thirty point five. Now I hate to say this, but everyone's on Ford Atlantic, man, and I don't like that so much. Um, I understand it, and it's Rick Barnes' favorite, fading Rick Barnes, but I didn't bet anything but a total. Um, your site even has, you know, Tennessee losing. Tennessee's a horrible road team, 359th away from home on metrics here, and 136th is uh, FAU, which is better. But if you look at the matchup advantages, there's nothing FAU has. Hell, Tennessee, fourth in three point percentage. They're number one in Ken Palm on defensive for three point percentage. And then here's where I think that, uh, if FAU's numbers are a little weird, they're one of the shortest teams in basketball, Mm -hmm. but they're in conference USA. So they look like they're ranked seventh in near proximity baskets. I don't think that's going to happen against Tennessee. And -hmm. if Tennessee's throwing those uh, elbows, like they pretty much took Filipowski out of the game in the first five minutes, then it, it could be all over. If I'm Tennessee, I just play inside. Now, um, Tennessee, if they can stop FAU's, uh, off the screens they're really good off the screens then you know they're probably going to win this by margin I'm not going to bet on Rick Barnes and saying that and I took the under because this is in Madison Square Garden and I think it I think it's going to be an ugly game
1: yeah you know it's I find it kind of funny that Tennessee has been kind of you know a lot of people don't believe in Tennessee just because there's so much defense and they occasionally go stagnant on offense but the, the analytics still love them a lot. They're seventh in the country for me, but if you look at the spread in this game, playing against a team like Florida Atlantic, who didn't really face a lot of great opponents throughout <laughs> the season, Florida Atlantic is 22 in the country for me, which means that on a neutral court, this is only about a four-point game per the analytics. Yeah, the spread right. is looking at, what, five and a half. And the reason for that, I think, is um, I kind of alluded to this earlier on, on another podcast. I kind of said, that Tennessee is kind of like that new car you, you you know, brand new car you get off the lot. And if anything's going to break in that car, it's going to break in the first 15,000 miles, and then you're probably good for a while. Tennessee feels like that every tournament under Rick Barnes. The first 15,000 miles is the first and second round of the tournament, which he's been unable to get over the hump. Now all of a sudden he has gotten over that hump. And so now I'm curious to see if Tennessee can keep that going. I understand why that spread has gone a little bit. I like the Tennessee by four, if that were the spread, but it's gone up to Tennessee by five and a half. I don't know if I will touch that, uh, but I definitely think that Tennessee could still cover that five and a half. Definitely. They have the potential, the analytics believe in them, but um you know I, I I'm surprised I thought Tennessee would probably do a little bit of the same thing you know I I didn't have faith in Marquette Marquette truly lived up to that um I I, I didn't have faith in Iowa Iowa lived up to that but I kind of thought Tennessee would kind of along the same lines just would not be able to get out of those first two rounds and here we are and yeah I I, I Maybe this is the year they finally make that run to the Final Four.
0: Well, the Ziegler loss is supposed to be what is stopping them. That's why anybody that even knows a smidgen about college basketball didn't pick them in their Final Four, and here we are. You know, it's, like, <laughs> right. it's crazy people out here, and I, I'm one of them. So yeah, uh, I, I'm going to say that what the hell are you doing with Louisiana there uh, winning by three points? And I was stupid enough to bet on Rick Barnes that game because, you know, I was like, okay, they're going to win the first one. It's a 10.5-point spread. they they. They was slow and shell-shocked, and then they had the right game plan against Duke and the right officiating crew that only gave Duke seven free throws. Duke had seven free throws that whole game, and so and sometimes that's what you get. But now I cannot place a bet on Tennessee, even though if it would be the right side. You're right. There's lots of sites that have this at four. It's five and a half for a reason. Love the under, though. I pounded the under. I'll take the first half under. I'll take the full game under. I think this is an ugly game. And I think Florida Atlantic also struggles to play. They're not going to run a run with Florida Atlantic. They're going to slow this game down, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, it's it's it, my my spread right now, or I should say my over-under is exactly what Vegas has, 130 and a half. Um, probably won't touch that one, but
0: yeah. There Let's you go. move on to Gonzaga on our Fred yeah. Sports versus UCLA. UCLA's minus two. The total is 145.5. Now, Eric, man, I don't know, man. I have not winning it at all, and I don't want you to feel bad for not finally picking Timmy to, to, to go all the way here. But here's the thing: everyone's talking about revenge, revenge. I heard it tonight in halftime. You don't think that Gonzaga wants to win the championship one more time with Timmy? Their last chance here. They also return Strother. They have Malachi Smith. They have they have a very beastly game, and three guys shoot over forty percent from three. Um, UCLA, not super impressed with Northwestern now. They outclassed their first game, which was should have been expected, right? 18-point spread. They Mm -hmm. won by more than that. But this is a serious game now that they're finally in, and they could be in a little bit of trouble. Um, I like Gonzaga this game. I think that just with the inside presence of Timmy really hurts them without Jalen Walker. They also just had another guy roll his ankle. I can't remember his name offhand. David Singleton? Yes, yes. And mm-hmm. he's supposed to be okay, but you don't know how Yeah, he is I was, now, right. And Bona played, but he only scored six points against Northwestern. I guess he's got five days now to rest, but geez, I mean, I think UCLA's banged up. UCLA lost to Arizona for a reason when they were banged up. Um, same type of thing with UCLA. They're amazing at home, but they couldn't win as well on the road now being this is in vegas maybe they do get some people but so does gonzaga Mm -hmm. i'm just i'm taking gonzaga plus the two and uh uh, if i'm wrong i'm okay with it
1: yeah this one this is probably maybe the most puzzling matchup of the of the eight that you're going to see on thursday and friday now if you look at ucla you you touched on a couple things now the way they've performed has gotten UCLA to number one in the country for me. Now you're looking at the team, looking at the entire body of work throughout the season. It's not proactively taking into account injury. So the Jalen Clark injury is not proactively factored in. The David Singleton injury. I know that he said no, he's fine, he's not limping or anything like that. But I, when that leg, that foot goes sideways, I don't care how old you are how young you are that (laughs) takes that takes a little time to heal so he probably will not be 100 percent in this game but the funny thing about it is if you look at the total body of work you'd expect to say okay ucla is number one number two but you back them off a little bit what's a little bit puzzling for me is that i have ucla at number one favored in this game by probably about one vegas has ucla by two if i if i saw that correctly which is intriguing to me it's really hard to bet against (laughs) gonzaga considering they had the momentum that they did coming into the tournament. Now, they have backed off a little bit in their momentum. It's not like they're playing bad basketball by any stretch of the imagination, but they did fail to meet the expectation by just the slightest margin, I think, in their first two games. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to continue. Um, But, you know, I always had that worry coming into the tournament that Gonzaga may have peaked a little bit too soon. They were looking the part of a Final Four team. But that being said, I still do lean towards Gonzaga in this game. Um, Again, they've been kind of under the radar for the longest time. I think they struggled. I think Nolan Hickman really got his game together, started playing better. I don't don't think Strother played his best game against TCU. If he plays more up to his potential, um, you bring, you know, Timmy along, who's going to do his job. This is what makes Gonzaga dangerous as opposed to previous years when everybody had a target on their back. This time Gonzaga does not have a target on their back. They're probably, not to say they're the underdog, but they're kind of forgotten compared to the teams um, over the last few seasons.
0: I love Mark Few in this situation. I think it's a much better situation that he's in. Let's see what happens. I know that UCLA, this is a big total. It's going to be bet to the over probably at 145 and a half. It's actually been going down because UCLA is going to slow this thing down and play a grimy game and that's the way you need to do follow what St. Mary's kind of did. So I agree with the game plan but is it going to be enough? Let's move on to Miami versus Houston. Houston's minus 7, total is 138.5. Now, Sasser's probably going to be okay, you know, for, uh, coming into this game. I think we shouldn't even factor that in. I think that loss for Houston really worked out for them, but I don't know, seven, seven and a half points. It seems to be a little high for a team like Miami that's been there, done that, Elite Eight style, and they have a very good backcourt. Thoughts, Eric?
1: Yeah, it's uh, the the thing about um, Miami is Miami all of a sudden had that, if they could exploit the other teams in the backcourt, when you're talking about Wong and you're talking about Pack and you're talking about Miller. Um, against those teams that they faced in the first round, in the second round, Drake and in Indiana, all of a sudden you're playing against a completely different animal with Houston here, and I don't know if they're able to take advantage of those matchups against a team like Houston, who is so, so solid on both ends of the court. I think they're the only team um, in college basketball that I have in the top 10 in offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. Another reason I don't like Miami, and Greg, don't get me wrong, I love uh, um, uh, Laranaga, I think he's a great coach, my problem that I had with Miami coming in was just how pathetic—I won't say pathetic, but just subpar—they are on the defensive end. That was the reason why I thought coming into round one that Drake was destined to beat them. Defenses, those twelve seed, defen- those twelve, those twelve seed defenses, defensive teams typically take advantage of teams that are all offense on the five line. But credit to Miami. Miami fought that through that one and then just buried Indiana in the second round but I don't know, maybe this is that point where the carriage turns into the pumpkin from Miami. Um, Houston is, I won't say a team of destiny, but like I said, they have that fingerprint of a national champion. You want to be top 10 in offensive efficiency, top 35 in defensive efficiency. Houston has that, Miami does not.
0: You know, what else they have is a lot of pressure being at the championship's in Houston, and it's like a whole yeah. game there. They got to get there, man, and this might yeah. be the one where they at least have a hiccup. One thing I will point out on Hazelmetric's, is that Houston's not consistent. Uh, 343rd in consistency. Yeah. That means you can either have a massive blowout by them or they can barely win a game. Hell, they lost to Temple. You know, they lost some games. They lost to Memphis. Of course, that was without Sasser, so we have to forgive them a little bit for that. But, you know, Miami at least is consistent, and they pl- they're they almost in every single game that they play if they're not winning it. I thought Miami is the second-best team in the ACC behind Duke coming into this tournament. I think seven in is- probably getting closer to right. If I was going to make the spread, I'd make it six. I just because of the inconsistency and the fact that Miami has been there and all the things we said now that defense sucks. I agree with you and Miami needs to hit their shots. They need to come off their screens. Well, uh, I just think that with all the uh, returning production that they have, they should be able to make this a game. I think Houston wins by you know four to six points. So I'm taking Miami here for a couple stars. But you know, not something I'm like super excited about. These are we're in, we're in Sharpville right now for some of these lines. So yeah, the,
1: and the the raw analytics have Houston by seven and a half. But to speak to your point about Houston's inconsistency, that game against uh, Auburn summed it up right there. Down ten at the half, and then they outscore the Tigers by what twenty seven. Oh, I thought same pretty. Although right, I had right.
0: Auburn plus nine.
1: Jeez. Right, right. And that was another team I thought could be that Kentucky or that Arkansas, <laughs> that, that that athletic SEC yeah. team. I I don't think Auburn had the potential that Kentucky or Arkansas did, but I thought our, Auburn would be the one that people would forget about and all of a sudden would sneak through to the Elite Eight or something like that. And when I saw him up 10, I'm like, here they go. That's, this it's going to happen. But then Houston got dialed in, and it was a completely different ballgame in the second half.
0: Agreed. Let's move on to Prince and Creighton. Creighton minus 10. Total 140. All right. So this is interesting. Uh Creighton, I mean, they're that team that uh kind of had it all early in the season, lost their guy for a little while. Calk Brenner came back, looked great, mm-hmm. but kind of down the stretch of the season, they kind of faltered a little bit and just a lot of head scratchers there. I I I think that Princeton is fraudulent, but I also think that they're getting some really interesting matchups for them because I almost look at Creighton as like Arizona in a way. Now their defense metrically shows way better than Arizona, better some better than some other teams, but Princeton is uglying up these games, and Princeton is six and one as a dog right now. Anything on this one?
1: Well, you know, I, I the the raw analytics have Creighton by eight in this one and and Vegas has it by 10. And this just kind of has, you know, I think back to last year, a lot of people are going to look at this and go, okay, they're a 15 seed. They, uh, they, they shouldn't be here and they're destined to to duck out, but they were saying the same thing last year at this time when St. Peter's was about ready to play Purdue and what happened in that game. (laughs) Um, I mean, Creighton's Creighton can be a good team when they, but like I said, that's a team that is really iffy for me. I feel like their potential – it bothers me when you have a team that kind of falls apart the way they did when Kalkbrenner is not there. Now, Kalkbrenner is there, but that always lingers to me that the way they struggled when he was not around, and things just happen. Um, that, that team doesn't strike me as being Final Four quality, and maybe they'll prove me wrong. But you know, I look at this game and seeing how Princeton has performed so far, and a lot of people just kind of expecting them to just peter out here – I don't think they're gonna peter out here. And so the fact that just even the raw analytics have Creighton by eight, and people are taking that another couple points further makes me want to jump in on, on Princeton plus 10.
0: I like Princeton plus 10. And uh some of the numbers do show a little bit of uh, positivity here. Now, this is the same situation with Princeton and the you know the Patriot League here, and they're they're 19th on near proximity defense. We know that can't be really true. Uh, I think it's it's, but it's still good. Uh, it's not maybe not nineteenth, but it's you know could be thirtieth, fiftieth, something like that. Now these analytics sites, if they had sixty games, I think that changes. But we only have thirty games, you know, twenty five games to. So you're looking at Creighton nineteenth Cre- in offense. You mean for Creighton? Uh, um, no, Princeton's nineteenth uh, and de- near proximity baskets. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, right. I yeah, I got you. I got you. My yeah, bad. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's okay. That's, but, defense,
1: but, that's, that's defensively.
0: And that's why I think they can yeah. give Conkbrenner some problems. Now, what I did notice is that they played Arizona very well down low. They had a, like of a pack line type defense that we've seen so many times out of Wisconsin and it's just yeah. in Virginia and it's really worked out for them. I think this is the deal. If you're covering the spread at halftime, maybe you buy it back a little bit and take a second half on uh, Creighton and see if you can middle this thing because I don't completely trust them down the stretch here. I think the pressure will get to them eventually, but Creighton um, also, like you said, uh, hard to trust in those situations as well and you know their coach is uh <laughs> I love their coach but he's also faltered in big situations himself you know and um it's it, 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 there's some head scratchers there from Greg McDermott but here we'll we'll see how we'll see what happens tens too many for me so I took it mm-hmm. for two stars buddy let's move on to Xavier versus Texas Texas is minus 4 the total is 149 I'll start on this one cuz I have a play Maybe my largest play, and I laid Texas at minus uh, four here, and there's many reasons why. Um, You know, I think if Texas was going to have their hiccup from their Big 12 tournament, it would have probably already happened by now. Um, Xavier's that team that has a ton of offense, but their defense has been lacking, and it's lacked during the year and if you look at Haslametrics metrics at all of these matchup differences you got 3 point percentage texas on offense so you got mid range texas i don't care about mid range as much but near proximity is pretty big texas should be able to score at will what i really liked about texas is their coach i am absolutely just shocked on how well they adjusted to colgate you know to be honest with you they they play in, in colgate's not like that great team it's funny that i'm using it, as an actual example here, but they lost their coach during the year, and Rodney Terry comes freshly being fired, I think at UTep or something like that, and then he's just got this team motivated, and they're believing in that, and they're riding that into this tournament here. Texas is a complete team, in my opinion. They don't turn the ball over; they just play with a team. Now, when they beat Penn State by five, that was they ended that that game was just, you know. Plinko yeah. at the end. It was Plinko, right? So, mm-hmm. I, and I was fortunate that I covered with that one. But to be honest with you, this is too low for an Xavier team that I think is overrated at 15. Xavier's also had their injury woes this year um, when they lost uh, Fremantle, right? Mm-hmm. Fremantle's yeah. been out. It's going to catch up with them. I like Texas. I'm laying the four. Yeah, that's it's an interesting point about
1: Xavier because I thought they would duck out because I, in my opinion, the Fremantle injury I thought was gonna kind of have, had a, have a Kaltbrenner effect the way it did with Creighton. But for whatever reason, Xavier has been able to maintain their level of play, um, even making the 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 big East final and then performing well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, but you 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 voiced that concern that I had, which was, you know, teams that typically are great offensively and not so great defensively don't perform well now it's a i can't really say they're a poor defensive team they're 44th in the country they're good they're you can even say they're very good defensively they're just not elite um but the thing about texas is texas is probably a, one of those teams of the of the ones who are remaining probably one of the most well-balanced teams yeah. you're going to find out there right up there with houston right up there with alabama um, texas is 15th in offensive efficiency fifth in defensive efficiency um I, I like the teams that have that kind of balance this is not that texas team that we came to know and love and in, in tournaments past under shaka that would bow out yeah. after one game couldn't couldn't buy a victory in the tournament this just seems like a different animal a lot of people have them heading for the final four i would not be surprised to see
0: the longhorns there me too. I don't, I think Texas, you know, they're the one team that I did cross off and switch it for with Gonzaga. And I kind of regret it a little bit, but of course I do have some, you know, secondary brackets that I do have Texas winning. So I still have a shot here. But like my real one is Gonzaga. But I would, if I could redo it, I would seriously double second guess myself and go yeah. back to good old Texas. Let's move on to last game San Diego State versus yeah. Alabama. The Crimson Tide, minus seven and a half. The total is 137. What do you have for us on this one? Well, I have the total 136
1: and a half. Vegas, Bama by seven and a half. I have Bama by five, believe it or not. I went on the radio in San Diego before the tournament, and I there was a there's you can see my quote out there, and they said, what can San Diego State do? I said, I believe in the San Diego State team a lot. I think they can go very, very, very far, and I think by I just said enough varies that meant four wins to get to the final four. And Now you are <laughs> playing arguably um, when they're motivated, the best team in the country. Um, it's something about Bam I've never trusted, though. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't think San Diego State's going to have enough. I've had some false. Um, faith in the mountain west this year i even put a little money on utah state and the and they just completely disappointed me couldn't hit the broadside of a barn in the first round boise state didn't come through um uh, there was one other team who was uh from the from the mountain west who was in there that i'm dropped just all of a sudden drawing a blank on but um oh nevada nevada was the other one that oh, yeah. didn't do yep. well Terrible. um yeah uh, but san diego state separated themselves from the rest of the field in that one and I believe in San Diego State I love Brian Dutcher Brian is another one kind of like eh, has had that trouble in the past winning in the last four minutes of games kind of has set. Uh, I won't say he's the Marty Schottenheimer of college basketball can win you know the the regular season games that's that's more the the, the Fran McCaffrey is more the Marty Schottenheimer, the one who can do real well in the regular season and it just cannot buy a win. But I know Dutcher has had some trouble getting wins in the tournament. Now he's got two big ones, um, moves on. I I think they can be a threat to to Alabama. I think they have to keep this close. I think they can possibly go into halftime with a lead, and that's going to make things a little bit dangerous for Alabama. I have Alabama – not making the Final Four. Unfortunately, the team that I had taking them out is also out. That's Arizona. But um, if there's going to be a team that I said that I thought could be a real threat to Alabama, the first real threat, I thought it was going to be San Diego State. I had picked San Diego State to win in the first round, beat Virginia in the second round, and then give Alabama a hell of a game. I don't know if it's going to be enough, but I think they can definitely stay within seven and a half. The dynasty
0: has just begun! Oh, man. Oh, this game is intriguing as hell to me because Alabama out-athletes their teams. And that's why they might not look the best in offensive fishing all the time, but they're getting a ton of rebounds, which actually does factor in offensive space. But in general, they are, when they're motivated, like you said, they're just just too big for people. But then again, San Diego State was kind of too big for the Mountain West themselves. You know, they're the team that was bullying everybody around, and they're strong. These kids are strong mm-hmm. over there. And all that San Diego State needs to do – well, not all. you got to not go through five-minute cold spouts like you do. <laughs> but what they need to do is look at how Alabama got beat by UConn. They have to look at the game on how, how Alabama lost to Oklahoma, which was ugly, then how they lost to Tennessee and how they lost to Texas A&M because you know what those teams did? They ugly the game up. They got in mm-hmm. their way. They slowed it down. Um, you know, they definitely many of them had to hit their shots, but that's the way to beat Alabama is to frustrate them because Alabama will turn the ball over if you get into that situation. No analytics site has it at seven and a half. Um, I I, I see 3.6 on Bart Torvik. You know, mm-hmm. I, I see five or six on Ken Palm. It's just because of all the respect that they give to San Diego State, but you're another thing about San Diego State. They're not used to being a dog this year. I'm thinking that they're going to come in a little bit little bit motivated for that. You know, they're good at forcing turnovers. They're an amazing against the three because they rank fourth in efficiency in some of the sites against the three. i per- They're high on yours. And then Alabama, they shoot the eighth most three-pointers out of any team. So that is massive in my opinion. I'm taking the dog here. I'm not in love with it. I, you know, I know that it wouldn't shock me if the San Diego State goes cold, gets blown out. But I'm just on another dog for you, Eric.
1: Yeah, and, and like you touched on it, um, the top two three-point defenses in the country per my analytics. Um, playing against the average um, Division One opponent, San Diego State holds that average opponent. 27.8 percent behind the arc. Alabama second, 28.5 percent. You're probably not going to get a lot of great looks from three-point range against either of these teams. So this is going to get dirtied up a little bit in the paint. I'm interested to see if San Diego State can be disciplined. They're 302nd in game pace. Alabama 20th. Alabama's going to want to run, but if there's going to be anyone who can figure out Alabama and shut them down, it'll be Brian Dutcher.
0: I agree, man, and that's why we're taking the points here now. <laughs> Um, this is going to be just a great ending to an amazing weekend in the Sweet 16. So I am very excited for that. And I'm also very excited for the future of Haslametrics, one of my favorite sites to use for handicapping. Eric, you've done such a phenomenal job coming on and breaking down these games. Very, very uh, grateful for you and everything you do for us at the Ozbreakers.
1: Yeah. No, I, I, I love doing it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it it goes by so fast. It's, um, you know, I lose a little bit of sleep. I joke around and say the mountain West has probably cost me countless hours of sleep over the five months, but, but now it's kind of funny. i all of a sudden you're getting these Monday and Tuesday nights where the games are all done by nine o'clock. And I said Mm -hmm. to, to my wife yesterday, I'm like, I'm like, man, I'm going to start getting eight hours of sleep again for seven months. I'm going to get <laughs> rotten. And then we do it all over again. So yeah,
0: there you it's, go. It's, it's
1: a fun roller coaster ride every year.
0: And you're an awesome follow on Twitter. So make sure you guys check out Haslametrics. Follow him on Twitter at Haslametrics. Good luck this weekend, Eric. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. A huge thanks to Eric Haslam from Haslametrics, my friends. If you have any questions for the Ozbreakers, feel free to tweet us at theozbreakers.com message us at info at the odds breakers. enjoy all the games this weekend have fun be safe and go get some winners